We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. This is Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church in beautiful South St. Louis. And here with me is Pastor Jolly John Lekomsky, and I'm coming to you from my upstairs office in uh, my home at New Athens, Illinois. The upper office. The upper room, yes. <laughs> the upper room. Even better. That's right. <laughs> Sounds biblical. <laughs> That's right. We want to. This is, after all, wrestling, wrestling with. The with basics. the basics, and the basics, of course, of God's wonderful biblical truth. Before we begin, though, Matt, because I know you have some really good stuff to share with us, but, you know, one of the things our show is known for, uh, and I think it's probably, uh, when people think of wrestling with the basics, they, they think of us wrestling with some of the great philosophical issues of the day, and, and we don't hesitate to do that. We, we are eager to, to take on whatever the great philosophical issues are, uh, one of which uh, is how many light bulbs, right, Matt? <laughs> from from Plato to Socrates, people have wrestled with the question of how many light bulbs. Although it occurred to me, Matt, that that uh, it's usually about someone else. Like, how many wait, psychiatrists? Wait. Are, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still there. So, wait, wait, how many light bulbs? What do you mean, how many people it takes to screw in a light bulb? Oh, well, exactly. Okay. How many All psychiatrists? Right. How many okay. psychiatrists does it take to screw in a light bulb? Okay, yeah, how, I got how, many, okay. how many Lutherans does it take? But I have run across a philosophical question, I think, that gets to the heart, the heart of the light bulb issue. And, and instead of talking about other people, it gets to personal accountability, Matt. And, and that's what I'd like to talk about at the beginning of our show this morning. Hard-hitting, serious conversation on wrestling the basics. Thank you, John. So, so here is the question. Here is the question. How many light bulbs does it take to turn in a light bulb? <laughs> Have you ever contemplated that? That's deep, John. That, that is, is deep. You know, it's is. kind of, I think, therefore I am. How many <laughs> light bulbs does it take? For a light you, bulb to be screwed in, I, and I, you know I, what I the have answer, never considered that. that. That's deep. What do you got, John? And, and, and here's the answer. It depends on how clumsy you are. <laughs> All right. So, oh, I like that one. That's there you good. go. <laughs> that's good. All right. All right. So we've got that deep philosophical question answered and out of the way. <laughs> but is, there, is there other things that we maybe need to talk about this morning, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's perhaps so, so, John, for the sake yeah. of our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like that one. That, that's a keeper. That I is did. A I Keep saw that, that one in the I file. All right. I will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, in this season uh, of, of Advent and uh, anticipating our Savior's coming, I thought we could look a little bit at uh, the book of Hebrews. Uh, and at who the book of Hebrews reveals Jesus to be. Yes, oh. and, and and you did a little bit of that earlier, uh, comparing uh, Jesus to the angels. I think that was, uh, and got us into a whole discussion of angels. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So so the, the writer of Hebrews, uh, who's the writer of Hebrews, John, just to review? 
I don't know. <laughs> okay. Good answer. Good answer. I can't answer that philosophical question. Good, good. Yeah, yeah someone I don't know for sure. light bulbs, but not, I don't know who wrote Hebrews. <laughs> well, you're in good company because we aren't positive who wrote the book of Hebrews. Um, it, it, some have speculated Paul, and I think that's been pretty well discounted. Um, Apollos has been another person. Uh, Barnabas, you know, the, and the list goes on. So whoever wrote it, regardless, uh, it's good stuff. God-inspired yeah. stuff. It's consistent with the rest of Scripture, and it's centered, uh, perhaps most importantly, in Jesus Christ. So like you pointed out last time, a couple times ago, we talked about uh, Jesus and the angels and how Jesus is greater than the angels. Uh, now this time, the writer of Hebrews is talking again about the greatness of Jesus, but this time Jesus is greater than someone else. Uh, not, not greater than the angels in chapter 3. Now in chapter 3 of Hebrews, he's greater than someone else. And again, keep in mind, this book's written to the Hebrews. It's written to Jews. So who else would, would the Jews, would the Hebrews, uh, think is really, really great? I mean, of course, they think the angels are great. And Jesus is greater than them. But who else might they think? What individual would be among the greatest for the Hebrews? What 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 do you want me to spoil it or shall we well, read, read Let's the text? just go ahead and read it, John. Okay. Let's read it. Yeah, so uh, right. Hebrews chapter three, be listening for who Jesus is greater than in this case. And how far would you like me to read, Matt? Oh, you said it probably. Uh, just, yeah, no, just, uh, I guess, through uh, verse 6, 1 okay. through 6. So Hebrews 3, 1 through 6. Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, all right, so we know it, he, he's the guy, the apostle and high priest of our confession, who is faithful to him who appointed him, just as Moses also was faithful in all God's house. For Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses? Really? Yeah, as I know. Much, as much more glory as the builder of a house has more honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant to testify to the things that were to be spoken later. But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son. And we are his house, if indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting in our hope. Yeah. So there Jesus is greater than Moses. Moses right. Moses, exactly. Yeah. And and really, you know, for us, we're, I think for many of us, uh, 21st century Gentile Christian types like you and I, John, uh, we think, well, of course he's greater than Moses. You know, big yeah. deal. Uh, but if you're a first century Jew— and uh, the folks being written to here, most likely Jewish Christians even, to, to hear that, though, that Jesus is greater than Moses, whoa, that is a big claim. This guy, Jesus, who was uh, born in Bethlehem, that, that grew up in Nazareth, this backwoods town, uh, this guy who traveled around preaching, he was greater than, than Moses, the one who wrote the Pentateuch, the, the the first five books of the Bible, the one that, that led the people of Israel out of Egypt, Jesus is greater than him. And the writer of Hebrews is saying, exactly. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Far greater. And then uses this comparison that, yeah, Moses was faithful, faithful in God's house, no doubt about it. But faithful as a servant, Jesus was faithful over God's house as a son. Son. As a son, Yeah. Uh, yeah. Matt, if I could just pick up on that, because I, I don't know if yeah. we, we really realize that, but but uh, see, see as, as the Jews, and I, I think probably to this day, it's not 
changed all that much from the days of Jesus. Uh, uh, angels were considered very, very profound, very, very great. In fact, there's all kinds of apocryphal stories about angels. Uh, if you were a Pharisee, certainly angels would be a big, big part of your, your teaching. Uh, if you're a Sadducee, of course, that's how you would distinguish yourself. You would say, oh, no, 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 that's, it's not, it's not angels. That is just apocryphal. That is just myth. But both Pharisees and Sadducees would say, Moses, uh, in fact, that's the interesting thing. Both Pharisees and Sadducees would argue over what books of the Bible should be included, but they would all agree, oh, no, the books of Moses, the Pentateuch, as you said, are are the word they would use is the Torah. No, that's absolutely crucial. That's the one thing, no matter what sect you may belong to within Judaism, we all agree that Moses, if Moses says it, that's how it must be. Yeah. So you're exactly. right. This is a very, very radical statement coming from the author of Hebrews, whoever he yeah. might be. Yeah, most definitely. And, to, you know, just to back that up a little more, John, the, the importance of Moses to the Jews. Uh, if you want to go to Numbers chapter 12, so we'll, we'll, we'll mark our place there in Hebrews. We're going to come back uh, to that. But okay. Numbers chapter 12, uh, verse 3, uh, it talks more about the importance of Moses. Okay. Now the man Moses was very meek, more than all people who were on the face of the earth. And suddenly the Lord said to Moses and to Aaron and Miriam. Okay, yeah, that, that's oh, good. That's yeah, enough? Okay. All right. just, yeah, just that idea that he was meek, uh, more yeah. than all the people who are on the face of the earth. All right. So Moses, again, is a standout guy. And then if you want to skip down to verses uh, 7 and 8, uh, again, how Moses is, is the greatest, it seems, if you could read verses 7 and 8. Oh, actually, can I read verse six? Oh, yeah. Two? Go right ahead, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, and this is the Lord speaking here, right? Yeah, I mean, we're getting yeah. it straight from the, from the, 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 uh, gospel, uh, God's mouth. Mm -hmm. And he said, hear my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak with him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him, I speak mouth to mouth, clearly, and not in riddles. And he beholds the form of the Lord. Yeah, well, that's that's yeah. pretty big, right? Uh, well, that sets Moses apart from everyone else. Uh, Moses is special, and God, the Lord here, like you said, John, is the one who even recognizes that. And 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 if we this actually brings up what we talked about a few weeks ago about leprosy, because God said, you know what? Because you're not respecting Moses, man, and and he strikes Miriam with leprosy. You know, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. I don't know what you're going to be doing here, but you better be careful, Matt. <laughs> All right. <laughs> because God said that Moses is a pretty important guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just exactly just yourself. I know. Yeah. So a bold claim, you know, don't yeah. mess with Moses. Right. That's kind <laughs> don't of the mess with we Moses. Learned. Um, yeah. But but again, going back to Hebrews chapter three, that's why this is so radical of a statement. Uh, again, um, Verse uh, ver verse three, for Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, right? As much yeah. more glory than the builder of the house, has more honor than the house itself. So, yeah, Moses is the Lord's servant, God's servant. Whoa, yeah, that's a big deal. Uh, but Jesus, well, he is God. He's, he's God the Son, right? Uh, so Moses, that's faithful servant, but Jesus, that faithful son. So, yeah, Mo Jesus greater than Moses. All right. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think a, a, a great point that's made here, one that uh, would be shocking to some of those Hebrews, and one that I think is important for us to recognize too, that Jesus is 
better. And that's a lot of what the book of Hebrews is about. Jesus is better. He's better than the angels. He's better than Moses. And as you read on in Hebrews, he's better than high priests of the past two, uh, even including Melchizedek. Uh, Jesus is the fulfillment of all these things. He is the son. He is, he is the ultimate. So what does that mean to us, Matt? All right. Good question, John. Yeah. So for, for <laughs> us, so now that's exactly what the writer of Hebrews does next. The writer of Hebrews then uh, in chapter three talks about, okay, how did the Israelites, how did the people treat Moses, this one who, who is, you know, top dog in uh, the, the Old Testament in many ways, uh, how did the people treat him? And then how should we treat Jesus? All right. Okay. Uh, so so let's, let's read on. What does this mean for us? Great question. So if you want to read on in, in verse seven and following in Hebrews three. Okay. How, how far down, Matt? So what, what, what the writer of Hebrews is doing is quoting loosely Psalm 95. So right. they're doing that in verses seven through 11, if you could read those verses. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says which I think is kind of a nice note, isn't it? Quoting the Psalms. Yeah, this, that, this is, recognize yeah, this is, that it's this God is the inspired. Word of God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness, where your fathers put me to the test and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was provoked with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Yeah. So the Israelites, what do they do? Well, in the wilderness, they rebel. Uh, the, the, on the day of testing in the wilderness, they rebel. And then, of course, for 40 years, they wander and they forfeit that rest that God was going to so freely give to them in the promised land. They shall not enter my rest. So that's, that's what the Israelites do when it comes to Moses. And the warning for yeah, the warning for well, us then is let us not do that when it comes yeah, to following yeah. Christ. Uh, and and I, I was going to say I think that again illustrates the glory that Moses had, because it, it was always not that that people were opposing Moses, but they were opposing Moses and God. That that was always the point that was made in these these Old Testament rebellions. Um, okay, yeah. So obviously, then we shouldn't oppose Moses either, right? Is that what the point is? So. <laughs> Well, it's probably a good idea not to oppose Moses. Okay. <laughs> not not because of Moses, but because of who Moses is, and he's that servant of the Lord, as we just said. Right. right. Um, yeah. But even more importantly, John, yeah, not oppose Christ. Don't oppose the one who's greater than Moses. Mm, okay. All right. All right. Um, so the Israelites become for us an example of what not to do. Okay. Don't be like <laughs> the Israelites. <laughs> what not to do. So it's talking about. Uh, don't harden your hearts as in the rebellion on the day of testing the wilderness. Um, so there's lots of different times in the wilderness when the people rebel, but it all comes to a head when they get on the doorstep of the promised land. And remember, it doesn't take them that long to get there, really. It's just, you know, they stop by Mount Sinai, they receive the Ten Commandments, they go to the promised land. Uh, but then when they get there, now they doubt God's promise. They doubt that he'll really give them this land of rest and the people rebel against God. Uh, and then and, after after that, then they wander a total of 40 years. But I think sometimes and, we forget that. To get to the actual promised land, it didn't take all that long. 
Yeah, and Matt, I think that's that's really a good point that that needs to be emphasized. Like you said, God said, "I'm giving you the land," and and He really yeah. didn't delay that much. He gave him what he needed in terms of the law, but He took him right there. Uh, the whole forty year thing, as you point out, that wasn't God's plan. That isn't what God wanted. That that was the result of their refusal to go in and take the yes. land that He promised them. Yeah. Exactly. So let's let's take a look at that again. What not to do? Okay, and let's okay. learn from okay. this negative example. So we're gonna go back to the book of Numbers again, John, uh, chapter fourteen, and that's that's what you do at the book of Hebrews as you study Hebrews. You're always flipping back to the Old Testament, um, but that's what we're gonna do uh, this morning. Uh, so Numbers chapter fourteen, beginning with verse one. Then all the congregation raised a loud cry, and the people wept that night. Now, this is at the edge of the promised land. Remember yeah, that. so at the edge of the promised land, they had sent those 12 spies in. Remember, they received this report back. Ten of the spies say, um, there's giants there. There's no way we can take this land. Just turn around and go back to Egypt. Fortified right. cities. Fortified yes. cities we'd never be able to, to uh, conquer. Yeah. Exactly. And then two spies, faithful guys, Joshua and Caleb, they come back and go, yeah, well, there are fortified cities. And yeah, the, the people are pretty big. But guess what? God's bigger. And, and he's <laughs> promised us this land. And the land is ours for the taking because God's promised it. Um, is, and, that, and, is that is that literally in the Hebrew? <laughs> there are yes. big guys there, but God's bigger. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Okay. Uh, I think that was in a Veggie Tales episode, actually, John. I think I put in Veggie Tales, but um, that's all right. It's a fact, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and and guess who the people listen to? Well, they listen to the ten. Yeah, unfaithful spies in their report. Yeah. Unfortunately, so that's that's now what is happening as we read verse fourteen. Oh, wait, I got to read verse chapter 14. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah. And and all the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said to them, would that we had died in the land of Egypt or would that we had died in this wilderness. Don't ever give God ideas like that. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. So would that you have died? Okay. Yeah, that's what you want. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to one another, let us choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Oh, yeah, my so goodness. How, how quickly. So, I mean, this is just, you know, filled with irony here. Um, yeah. Again, like you pointed out, would that we had died in the wilderness? Well, guess what? That That's what God is going to allow yeah. to happen. The other ironic thing here, too, is uh, they say uh, our little ones will become prey if we go in, right? Yeah. Um, so if if we read on, um, guess who enters the promised land? Only those who are little under the ones. age of 20. Yeah, so the, the irony ones. is, after 40 years, the only ones that actually are going to go in are the little ones. Yeah, um, They're the only ones who aren't going to die. Uh, if you're over the age of 20, guess what? You're going to die in the next 40 years. Yep, uh, and you and I are out of the... We're out of the... I know, John. Yeah, we're gone. The parade. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then again, uh, let us choose another leader and go back to Egypt. And as you pointed out, I mean, that's bad enough to reject Moses, the Lord's servant. But in rejecting Moses, they're also ultimately rejecting the Lord. God. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, again, what not to do? Don't be like the Israelites. Um, so they're putting God to the test. They're doubting his promises, worst of all. And the writer of Hebrews is warning us, don't be like that. The people of Israel rejected Moses. They doubted God's promises that were given through Moses. Don't do that. Don't reject Jesus Christ. Don't doubt 
God's promises that are fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And that's the warning to the, the Hebrews, and that's God's word of warning to us too. Uh, Jesus' promises are faithful. They're sure. Don't, don't doubt them, right? And, um, and, and Matt, you know, I, I just want to emphasize that uh, they're not sent into the wilderness just because of disobedience. I mean, they, they had disobeyed in any number of ways oh, before yeah. they got to the promised land, and yet God kept going on because that's what I said I'm going to do. It, it's only when they reject that promise mm-hmm. that God is offering them that we have this this kind of very uh, yeah. terrible consequence. Yeah. Uh, God can be very, very tolerant of our weaknesses and our sin, but when we basically say to God, we don't want what you want to give us. We don't yeah. want your forgiveness. We don't want your life. You don't give God a lot of options then, do you? Although, yeah. isn't it interesting, like you said, he didn't give up on him. He didn't give up on him. Yeah. Uh, you know, he said that earlier. Let's just get rid of him and start from scratch. But but he doesn't mm-hmm. do that. He never does that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's still faithful. He still keeps the promise, ultimately. Yeah. And the people yeah. do enter the promised land. But it's not uh, it's not, <laughs> not what the people expected, not in their timing, yeah. but in God's timing, ultimately. You know, as again, going back to the book of Hebrews, that, that last verse you read earlier, uh, verse 11 of, of Hebrews 3, it says, As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. And he's talking about, again, those who rejected God's promise, those who are over that age of 20, um, they shall not enter my rest. I think that's interesting that the promised land is described as a place of rest. Um, they're they're sort of equated with each other. I think that's interesting. And again, relating this to us, you know, God has made us promises too. Again, centered in Christ, and He's promised that place of rest for us as well. Uh, that rest that's found in Jesus. Uh, that rest that's ultimately in the promised land of heaven and the new heavens and the new earth. Uh, so I, I think that's interesting to track that theme of rest too. Um, you know, Matthew 11, uh, where Jesus says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Uh, that's Jesus' promise that even now he gives us that rest. Our rest can be found in him. Uh, even in this world, uh, Jesus gives us that rest. Uh, but then also, you know, the book of Revelation speaks in those terms, too. Um, Revelation 14, I heard a voice from heaven saying, Write this, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Blessed indeed, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, for their deeds follow them. So this idea that that even um, those who are dead in the Lord, those who have died in Christ, with faith in Christ, uh, there's this rest of heaven, this resting from our labors, um, now, now is the time to labor, okay, while well, we have life and breath in us. Uh, now is the time to serve our neighbor. But uh, one day, um, for those who die in Christ, there is a, a rest. And then, of course, the Christ return as well, and that ultimate rest. Um, that's, so, Matt, I, I think that speaks to the greater glory of, of Jesus over Moses and the greater yeah. glory of the Son over the servant. Because yes. really, the greatest rest that Moses could offer was this temporary, uh, earthly, uh, promised land, which in itself would be a passing thing. They don't have that anymore, uh, whereas the rest that Jesus offers is, is perfect and, and eternal. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. Again, Jesus is greater than Moses. Jesus is supreme. And just as uh, God made a promise to the Israelites, he's made promises to us. And, and that promise rests, that eternal rest uh, in Christ. So don't don't be like the Israelites. Don't be like the Israelites. Um, no matter what the challenges we face in this world, uh, know that 
God's promises are certain and sure. Uh, his rest uh, for those who are in Christ is a guarantee. So, uh, yeah, hold on to those promises of God. And, and, and Matt, we can have questions and we can have doubts about that, but then we just need to return to the Lord and say, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. Not like the Jews, though, who simply said, no, no, we're going to go some different way totally, find our own leader and don't hear, listen to God at all. Yeah. Exactly. You know, we, we do not want to reject Jesus like that and say, we're going to find someone else to follow. No, keep following Christ. Return to God's word. Come to him in prayer when you have those struggles, right? Uh, he's faithful. Thank you, Matt. Uh, this has been another episode of Wrestling, Wrestling with, the, with basics. the Basics.